0: Welcome back to Below Average Gaming, where even though both of us constantly complain about how many new games we have to play that we never get around to, somehow we always find ourselves back playing the same game over again.
1: That That's fine. Destiny's great. Dungeon Defenders is great. League of Legends is fine and imbalanced. It's... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone does this, but I definitely do the thing where I have a whole list of games that are new that I haven't played before that are sitting there. And then I decide that I want to go back and play the same game again that I've played 10 times before.
1: Now, to be fair, I did commit to getting up at 4 a.m. on a Saturday to jam a bunch of Hades, to be fair, because that is a new game for me right now. That game's really good. (laughs) That's game of the year. It's not even close.
0: I I agree, but I don't think we're going to see that from awards.
1: No, they're going to give it to The Last of Us 2 because it was, you know, daring and brave and a shitty game.
0: I mean, they could at least give it to Ghost, right? Like Ghost of Tsushima could at least get it. I'd be okay with that. Ghost of
1: Tsushima is one of the most beautiful games I have ever seen. And I think it, it should at least win awards for that. Game of the Year would be nice, especially because they added, like, a raid boss mode for free that's multiplayer. There's, like, here you go. Here, Here's raids for free in multiplayer, which is, like, really sweet. They, they make good games, man.
0: Yeah, but driving us completely away from the topic of games released in 2020, our plan this week is we're going to go back and we're going to talk about all the different consoles that we've gamed on. And with that, what our favorite game from those consoles is. Sometimes it might be the best game from that console, sometimes it might not be. Sometimes it might just be some game that's probably really bad, but we love playing.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, some of my games are complete shit. (laughs) And I don't care because I like them. I like them.
0: So yeah, we, we, we've we got all these game consoles listed out, so uh, to get right into it, the first one, and we're going kind of by date, so this is the oldest console that at least I know I've played. I didn't play much like Atari or anything before this, but this would be the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES.
1: Yeah, because not neither of us are old enough to have played Atari. You know, we actually have some amount of decades ahead of us in life, so if you're like, where's the Atari? Well, you're old and don't matter, so go away.
0: I mean if I had played enough Atari to have an opinion on it I'd have it on here. I just haven't touched one for that long.
1: My only experience with an Atari is hitting one with like a baseball bat at one point. <laughs> it was it, it was broken and tried to light itself on fire when a, a wall socket short circuited. So my friend just wanted to beat it with a bat. So it was, you know, that's that's all the Atari experience I have.
0: All right, yeah. So the Nintendo Entertainment System, kind of the the start of one of the big players nowadays, kind of began the era for a lot of different games. What do you what do you have on this one, Josh?
1: Okay, so before before you get on me, I recognize that Mario is a big thing. I did not pick a Mario game. Okay. I picked Final Fantasy, the OG. I think this game changed gaming as much as Mario did. And it's still one of my, my favorite Final Fantasy games. Like, I still own it on several consoles. And I actually have it on my, my my Vita, the PlayStation 4 and everything. So I still actually play this game every once in a while. And I don't know, it kind of shaped a lot of my flavor for liking of games. So I still love turn-based games. And it's why I haven't played Final Fantasy 7 Remake. is because they took the turn-based out of it. I don't know. And it was just a very big innovative game. The the job system was like, I feel way ahead of its time. And, you know, it, they put themselves out there. They thought this was going to be their last game and it ended up just making them way too much goddamn money.
0: Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy is like, a, honestly, a really good answer. I, I think that there's a decent argument that the like objectively best game on this console is a Mario game, but I wouldn't put it as my favorite either.
1: Yeah, and it's just like, I don't actually like playing the original Mario anymore. Like the the way it controls doesn't like hold up to me as well. The way jumping works in that game. But Final Fantasy one, I feel like if you just re-release that game now with like updated graphics and just like called it a new release. It would still score well because the game's still solid. Everything about that game is solid. There's nothing wrong with Final Fantasy one to this day. The the items, the combat, the story, everything to me still works really well. And just the fact that it stood the test of time and I still love it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I can totally get behind that. I, I think for me, kind of what I would put as the best game on this console, I think it is Mario Bros. 3. I think mean, the game did a lot really well. I think, like, it's objectively really good. But I don't honestly like any of the first three Mario Bros. that much. Like, they just aren't really my thing. Um, for me, like, my favorite's probably going to come down to Legend of Zelda. It's
1: like oh, the OG, OG Legend
0: of Zelda, let's go. Nice, know. yeah. Just like, the, it's... Game has its issues, as, I mean, every game from this time does. Mm-hmm. But game was just very good. It started so much. And then my honorable mention, because th- this one was actually probably the hardest console for me, barring, like, the consoles where I've only played, like, one or two games, Um, is Metroid like the original Metroid, just because all of those games, like Mario, Zelda, and Metroid, all, like, boot, like birthed massive franchises out of them. So I think, like, it's just, you kind of have to bring them up, even though, I mean, I, I love Metroid, and I still, like, I love all the games that kind of come from that concept, but I think it has to go to Legend of Zelda.
1: Um, So, confession time here. You know when people were talking about Metroidvanias, and, like, that's a category of games... I'd never played a Metroid game before, nor seen one, really, when that terms started getting used more. So I had to, like, look up what the hell Metroid was because I didn't know. That's pretty <laughs> fair,
0: honestly. I, I think I think a lot of people were like that.
1: Yeah, I just never touched a Metroid Castlevania, though, like I've played Castlevania, but I've just never played Metroid before. So Metroidvania, I'm like, what is Metroid? I don't even know. And this was like literally like six years ago. I just like, didn't know. <laughs> But the game obviously does have its imprint in modern gaming to this day is still.
0: Yeah. And a lot of like a lot of the things with early Metroid games still impact how games are developed and the decisions that are made nowadays. Yeah. Like it's incredible how much that game influenced things.
1: Yeah, for sure. I don't know. All, all in all, I think the NES was definitely the big innovator, game changer, quote unquote console. And like without it, we wouldn't have a lot of what's going on now. You know? It's a good console. No,
0: I, I think that's a big thing where like Nintendo gets a lot of flack and while a lot of it I think is deserved, there's also a lot of credit to go to Nintendo because a lot of what we have from gaming now came because they did push the envelope a lot and they kind of brought us to new levels and things like that. And even though right now like your Xboxes and your PlayStations or like your big ticket game, like your big ticket consoles, you can't forget that like for... 20 years, the driving force was Nintendo consoles.
1: And, and Nintendo consoles aren't necessarily the driving force. It's just Nintendo games, I think, are just massively underrated. Because if you look at, like, sales data for Nintendo, they don't include online sales and game sales. They don't report online sales. So when Animal Crossing is the second highest selling game of the year, that's not counting anything digital. So, like... Nintendo does better than people think they do, I think a lot of the time because they don't report their uh, game sales like everyone else does. So you always have to like think to yourself, well, if even like half of game sales are digital or even like 30%, well then they're crushing everyone when it comes to game sales.
0: Yeah, and I think I think with Nintendo and I think this has kind of always been the case of <clears throat> I don't think it necessarily has the best game in any generation. Like, if you look at, like, the, like, Xbox, Xbox 360, like, the PS2, PS3, like, any of these generations, I don't think that Nintendo has the objectively best game, but I think it has the best game quality across the board. Because it doesn't feel like Nintendo puts out bad games. And, like, this goes back, like, really far, back to, like, even NES and SNES, where, like, there's the lower down games, but very rarely does Nintendo have something out there that's just like actively bad. And I think that's something yeah. to be said for them.
1: Yeah, Nintendo has great games and really shitty hardware and software. You know, like that that's what it is. Like, I love my Switch and I'm really happy I have one and all the games on it are great. But yeah, that hardware is not like anything to write home about.
0: Yeah, be- Besides my the question, fact that it's handheld. My, my question has always just been, how well would Nintendo do if they just committed? Like, if the next Nintendo console was just something that competed with the hardware of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Like, if you just compete on the hardware and release the same type of games updated to, like, new graphics and with improved rendering and all that stuff and better load times, like, how well do you do? I, I think it's incredible. Like, I think I think they blow things out of the water. But, anyway, that that's a little bit off topic. Now, speaking
1: of things getting blown out of the water, this console... And its legacy uh, sunk. Uh, the Genesis. Now, to be fair, this is probably one of my most played consoles because we had one of these when I was a kid. So I've played a lot of Genesis. So I'm gonna let you go first so that I can tell you how wrong you are on your pick.
0: Um, so I haven't played a lot of Genesis. Uh we we have three we have three Sega consoles on this list. And the one that I have played most is the Game Gear. Yikes. <laughs> and Genesis, I haven't played a ton of. Um, My pick for Genesis is Sonic 2. Sonic 2? Two. Because Sonic 2. 2. 2.
1: Okay, explain yourself.
0: I just, I think the game's really good. I think, like, it's objectively, like, the better Sonic game, in my opinion. Uh, and I just, I don't know. It's, again, I haven't played a ton of the game, so, like, I'm not super familiar with the game library on it. But for, like, my limited experience that would be the game that I'd choose to go back and play.
1: Okay, Zoomer, have you played two with Knuckles in it? Like the Knuckles expansion? It breaks the game because Knuckles can glide. If you want to, like, see some unfinished spots in a game or, like, an item box that you are like, why is that there? You got to throw some Knuckles underneath that. Yeah, because the actual Knuckles expansion cartridge really screwed with the Sonic games, like, a lot because it just, like, plays differently. Which leads into, like, my pick is Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Like, specifically with Knuckles. Without Knuckles, I don't care. But when you have Sonic 3 and Knuckles together, it literally, like, doubles the size of the game. Which is, like, sick. And hypersonic is the most broken, like, superpower in, like, all these early consoles that you can get in a game. It was, like, you had a homing on it and, like, rings attracted to you. So you could just like hold the form for like ever. It was great. And the bonus stages were a pain in the ass. So it made you feel good when you finished it. And it also gave you save files, which was nice. You could actually save your progress and like come back. Where like Sonic 2, you had to one shot it. Which I definitely lied about how long I've been playing games to my parents when I played Sonic 2. (laughs) We used to trade off and on as brothers and be like, my video game time's up. But, you know. You know, he still got time and we just trade off and on and just talk to different parents. It was great. I do have a runner up, though, on Genesis. I think Sonic 3 Knuckles is probably the game that I think uh, is still good now. And a game I wish that more people had played was Vector Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of this game. No, nothing. So. So the game was basically you're like this guy that's made of little green balls and you just kind of look, look like a guy that's made in a series of sections. So as you go through the game, you get power ups and like health adds on to how like big your guy is and you get more balls on you. But it's kind of like a platformer shooter. With Vector Man and the bosses were like super unique, like the final boss is literally a tornado where you have to climb, you have to jump up the platforms in the tornado to get to the top where his head is to fight him. There's like this really memorable boss. That's like a metal piranha. You just be there with living crud out of you. And the game had a good mixture of a uh, mission structure because of the fact that vector bands made all these little balls. You can like shape in the different stuff. So there's like water levels. There's like a tank level. And the game was just like really atmospheric too. It was like this weird dystopian era kind of background to it. I'm going to have to see if I can find somewhere to play this game still. I don't even know if you can. I don't even know if it's in a Genesis collection. But I remember spending at least like $150 renting this game over and over again over a period of like two years as a kid. That's where my allowance went. Rent game, rent game, rent game. I don't know why we didn't buy it. You know, when you're when you're like six years old, you don't really think about buying a game. You just think about, (laughs) I want to play it now and just keep renting it. Well, no that that's just a classic game. I even feel like that's another one that if you put it out now with just a little bit of tweaks, it would still play well.
0: Sure. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, the the, the all three Sega consoles were kind of hard for me because they pr- are probably still my least played on this list. Yeah. And like you'll notice, like Dreamcast, I don't even have something just because I don't know that game that console well enough to choose anything.
1: I'm gonna scar you with mine, so don't worry about it.
0: All right, <laughs> next one. Uh, Game Boy I have a feeling we could be similar on this one so I'm gonna let you go first
1: Pokemon Red conversation over it's yeah that that, that's it it Pokemon Red started the Pokemon franchise the game's great the just culture around it with like Mew's underneath the truck by the ferry you know it's just that was the first like cult like like you know rumor mill kind of game I ever played where there was like these legends about where things were and everything and, you know, Pokemon Red's awesome. HMs can kiss my ass, but the game's great.
0: Yeah, I mean, Pokemon, like, Red and Green, it comes back to that just, like, the these Nintendo franchises that just have been so long-standing and so massive. Like, it just comes back to, like, same kind of breath as, like, Legend of Zelda, Metroid, and Mario. It's hard to argue against this game that's now just been around for, what, 30 years? And is still going really strong and is massive.
1: Yeah, Pokemon's great, you know, this game lasted longer than my parents' marriage, so you know.
0: Is that really that high of a bar though?
1: It's nineteen years, and then you did you just <laughs> you just quit. You know, like Sega quit making good consoles, you know?
0: Whoa, 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 wait. Quit making good consoles. Are you implying that one of them was good?
1: I will defend the Genesis. It had good games on it, you asshole.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think like I think Game Boy is also like kinda in that hard spot where I don't think that mobile gaming from that old ages very well. No, it it doesn't. I think that, I think that Pokemon has like the unique advantage of being something that is barring the thousands of ripoffs and like copies that we've had made now pretty unique and doesn't get hampered that much by old technology. Cause like, for the large for a large part even up until modern day pokemon games they still play similarly to red and green
1: yeah um like even if you do the re-releases of red like they just made it look better and it ran a little better and it's still a great game i still think if you if you could play pokemon red on switch i would probably play it if you could play the re-release of red i would play it still
0: no i i totally agree and i think i think just a lot of other games didn't age great. There's there's good games on the Game Boy. I'm not going to argue with that. It's just... It's really hard to argue with Pokemon. Yeah. Especially, like, the, 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 the go and get, like, the start. And, like, they're good games. Like, it's not even like it was the start to a series that was kind of meh, like we were saying with Mario. Like, they're a great game, and they started this legacy.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Bobo. My brother's Clefable. When he played this game... That he gave it, like, Blizzard, Thunder, Psychic, and Hyper Beam, and then beat the entire game with it. Sometimes you just cheese the game with Bobo, of Clefable.
0: (laughs) Fair. I mean, I always, I feel like every Pokemon game has had something like that. Like, my personal favorite Pokemon game is Emerald. And Emerald, if you, like, pull off catching an Abra early, you can literally take that Abra through the Elite Four and it will one-shot everything.
1: Hell Yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay, so Sega Game Gear. I have a choice for this one that is pure nostalgia. I actually looked up because I thought this game was an exclusive just from my experience because I have never seen it anywhere else. It's not. I haven't played this game in 12 years, probably since I was like 7 or 8. So like 14 years, however long. Can I, I guess? I haven't played it in forever, but I want your answer first.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to guess yours before you say it. I might fig- I think I might have figured it out. Okay. Um So, I never owned a Game Gear, but my orthodontist had one in their lobby. Okay. So, I associate the Game Gear with getting my teeth drilled and pulled apart by braces by an incompetent orthodontist who, like, gave me permanent damage to my teeth.
0: And Sonic Spinball... You know, that's kind of... That is kind of like what trying to get a Game Gear to work was like, though.
1: Exactly. So, like, Sonic Spinball was the game they had in that lobby... And shout out to Fred Couples Golf because they also had that. So like Sonic's Pinball is like this stupid Sonic Pinball machine that I don't think ever got past like the fourth level. But I kind of liked it. It kind of made those visits not so painful. So I got to just play something fun. And then Fred Couples Golf which is like pre-Tiger Woods Golf which is like objectively way better was still just like kind of fun. Kind of got my mind off of things. So, you know, neither of these games are great. I just wanted to not like leave this blank and I was like, you know, pinball and Fred Couple's golf. I'm in. These 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 are classics. Okay. I'm gonna guess that yours is Dr. Robotnik's mean bean machine.
0: <laughs> no. Okay, so what's yours? <laughs> um, mine is a game called Lemmings. Lemmings? I know this game. I know this game. <laughs> So, so again, this is like purely nostalgia regions. This was like, I, I didn't like play games in my house until I was probably like seven or eight. And up until the time I was like nine or so, I didn't have like my own console. So like when I was growing up, when I got to start playing games, I got to play like on the original Xbox and we had a Sega Game Gear and we had like three games for the Sega Game Gear. And I can't even tell you what the other two were because I didn't like them. But as like, as like six-year-old me, this lemmings game was the shit. Like I just I couldn't get over it. And I I like wasn't necessarily the brightest kid at this time i sucked at this game i couldn't play it like i was awful and i'm sure if i went back now this game would be a joke but i loved the shit out of this game and i just remember like bashing my head into a wall because i was unable to pass levels trying to figure out how to play this game and i probably spent like 100 hours into it when i was a kid and it's like purely nostalgia i haven't played this game since i was like probably eight and have literally no idea if i would still like it today but just that nostalgia and like those memories put it here for me because I don't think there's any other memorable games that I can think of from Game Gear.
1: That is awesome. Yeah, Game Gear just it died like it should have. Now, speaking of a console that has never died, and is, I think is still beloved between a lot of people, to be honest. The Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the SNES, the Super Nintendo, beautiful. Mwah. I think this is one of the best consoles hot, ever made.
0: Hot take. Yeah? This is the best console up until, like, PS3 at the earliest. Ooh.
1: I only think the only console that beats you out might be PlayStation 2. But I'm also like a PlayStation guy and we know this. So
0: I, I grew up on Xbox and I love the original Xbox and I still don't think it's better than the SNES.
1: SNES had some amazing games. I'm sure we've picked the same game here.
0: I, I'm i not sure we've picked the same game. OK, the The one are you. What's yours? Uh, I actually have two and I would like to talk about both of them. So I'm going to once again ask you to go first. <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no, no, you, you go first. I want to see if any of them are mine. This will be fun.
0: No, 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 If it's yours, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It's okay.
1: Hard. I picked the. I picked the best Mario game ever made. Super Mario World.
0: Okay. That is, that, that, that is my runner up.
1: That's your runner. Okay. So now that we know that you're wrong, I'll talk about Super Mario World for a minute. I think this game holds up 100%. I think this is still the best Mario game that's ever been made. I think everything to go to the cape is great. I think the way they did Yoshi in the game is great. The secret levels are awesome. This has the best ghost levels in any Mario game ever. And I really like the fact that the bonus levels are so freaking hard comparing to the original game that it makes playing the base game very accessible. And then when you think you might be OK at it and you do the bonus levels, you want to rip your eyes out. <laughs> I really like this game. I've 100 percented this game in the last five years, like four times. I I love this game. I still play it all the time.
0: I mean, Super Mario World is it's 100% the best like 2D Mario. And it's like not even close. It's so good, it's absolutely incredible. I've probably 100%ed this game 10 20 times over my lifetime. And um when I was a kid, we we have a we have a Super Nintendo. So like I I own one. It's it's on the shelf behind me. We have a Super Nintendo and we also like we have a cabin that we used to go to for like Christmas and stuff like that. And the only electronic there was an old Super Nintendo. Was a Super Nintendo with a uh, like Mario All-Stars. So you had the all the SNES or the sorry, the NES Mario games. Uh Super Mario World, Donkey Kong Country 1, like a tennis game and whatever. And so I have played so much Super Mario World and if I was to go back and play a, like, any Mario game right now, if I was gonna go back and play a 2D Mario, it would be this one. And, like, there's no question asked about that. Everything about this game is incredible, but it does wind up being the runner up for me. The caveat I want to add to that is this game has a massive modding community to this day. People make custom levels, people make custom games from it. And it's all playable. If you have the right tech, you can play it on original hardware. You can actually play these, con- play these games on an SNES with the right cartridge. And if those are taken into account, this game might just be the best platformer of all time full stop. In which case, it gets the first spot. But as the game itself, I can't actually give it number one for me.
1: Okay, so what's your number one? Tell me how wrong you are.
0: Donkey Kong Country. <laughs>
1: Well, that's the last episode of the uh, podcast. I'm going to get up and rethink my life and my
0: decisions the last uh, few months. Ah, Bye. So Donkey Kong Country is a game that like, I, I do think at its base level, it's pretty close to Super Mario World. I think that like the Donkey Kong games fell off a cliff after this one. I don't think Donkey Kong Country 2 or 3 is good. I don't like, uh like, Tropical Freeze on the Wii was okay, or on the Wii U was okay. I don't, like, I don't really like Donkey Kong 64. But Donkey Kong Country, I think, has one of, like, the coolest movements in, like, platformers. I really like everything they did with the movement. And the fact that there are two unique characters that you switch between that both play the game differently. And you have to know how to optimally use both to get all of the secrets. This was, like, the game that when we were playing back on, um, on like, an old SNES when I was a kid, was the game that I played the most and I liked the most. And it's also the first game that I can remember being better than my siblings at. Which I know that sounds weird, but that's a relevant thing. As someone who is, I, I have siblings that are 8 and 10 years older than me... For my childhood, I was used to getting trounced because it was six or seven-year-old me against 15-year-old my brother in Halo. And this is the first game I can remember actively sitting down and just being able to gap my siblings on.
1: Yeah. See, the first game for me that did that was, I think it's Tekken 3. It's the first game where they put Harong in as a character. And to this day, I have his, like, 10 hits memorized still. Because... My brother used to play Hayahachi in those games all the time, beat the crud out of me. So I put the AI on constantly doing Hayahachi's 10 hit combo. And I learned to block the entire thing, learned all of Harong's 10 hit combos, and then beat the tar out of them. So I I understand that need to be better. And it's great.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't know. Donkey Kong Country will always have a place in my mind. And like, I don't think the game has the same longevity as Super Mario World because it is smaller. Um, and as I said, like, it doesn't have any sort of modding community like Mario World does or anything like that. But just for the game itself, I just, I love everything, everything about that game. There is just, I I don't know, there, there's nothing else I can say. The game's just so good. And there's so many, there's so many other games on the SNES that could come in here that are, like, really good games, but just these two platformers, I feel like, just stand the test of time so well. Fair. So
1: PlayStation 1. Is this a console you're overly involved with? Okay.
0: I kind of like
1: I kind of like mine. Okay. So who's going first on PlayStation?
0: Well, I just y- you declare that Final Fantasy Tactics is the best game of all time and apparently it's not your answer. So I I need I need answers.
1: So so here's what I did here. Okay, there's a couple of my games, not many, that are on a couple consoles. The way to play Final Fantasy Tactics now is not on the original PlayStation. Even if you had like a new controller, even if it ran better, it's not the way to play it because there's a better version of that game out. So for PlayStation, I picked Bushido Blade.
0: I don't even know what that is.
1: So. My uh At my aunt's house there was always like a PlayStation there and I got dropped off there to be watched all the time and that's where I discovered Bushido Blade. So it is a 1v1 sword fighting game with realistic damage. You can one hit kill people in it if you hit them in the head or in the heart. So the whole game is based around that there's a bunch of different characters that have a signature weapon but you can pick any weapon with any character. So like Certain characters will just be better with other types of weapons than other ones. But so everyone uses them a little bit differently. There is a story mode that is punishing. And if you want to unlock everything in the game, you have to beat the story mode without getting hit one time. If you get hit too bad, no bonus unlock for you. And it's just I think it's one of the best 1v1 skill based games that I've played that's on like a fighting style game like that. Because it was so unique and the way the parrying worked and blocking and, and movement worked, the game is incredible. It obviously is a little old now. You know, and it looks really, really, really old now. Cause it's an original PlayStation game going for quote unquote realism look. But I think this is another one that I wanted. I want a new version of this. I don't think you could remaster it necessarily. You'd probably have to go ground up and redo it. But I would love to have another Bushido Blade because just the skill involved with this game was incredible because there was even stances. Like you're standing there with a weapon. You can change the stance and how you're holding it and from what position to determine moves and how fast you can react. Yeah, the game was sweet. And shout out to the boss in that game that had a gun. Because that level still haunts my dreams. So what about you? What's PlayStation?
0: So PlayStation is like... I played a lot of PlayStation as a kid. Mm. Because again, like back in the day when I was like a kid, it used to be... We had an Xbox and a PlayStation. But my brother always wanted to play the Xbox because it was the newer one. So I'd get the PlayStation. Which is fine. I don't like mind it. But so like... I played a ton of, like, Spyro and, like, Gran Turismo and, like, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Again, I was, like, eight. Final Fantasy Tactics isn't really an easy game when you're eight years old and don't have any experience playing games before.
1: Yeah, definitely not.
0: But I I think the best game on PlayStation, to me, has to be a game that I think actually, like, stands the test of time. And I think we saw that it stood the test of time last year. And that's Crash Team Racing.
1: Crash Team Racing? I didn't see this coming.
0: <laughs> Where like. I I think Crash Team Racing is an extremely close second to like Mario Kart 8, as far as like Kart Racers go. Which is insane for its time. Hmm. And I think that Crash Team Racing has this is feels like this interesting area where I think it's a little bit easier to be good at Crash Team Racing than it is to be at, like, the average Mario Kart game. But also, like, the items are way less satisfying. And a lot of things, like, don't feel as good about the game, if that makes sense. So it kind of has this give and take where it's better at one thing but worse at others. But the story system in Crash Team Racing is something I wish that we could see out of more, like, kart racing type games. Yeah, the story works really, really well. The fact that it's actually, like, an open world that you drive around just seems so cool to me. And I, I I get that it, like, doesn't... It's not, like, possible in all games, but, like, it's something that I really liked about, like, um, Midnight Club, for another example. It's, like, a little bit out of the out of the same kind of genre, but Midnight Club had an open world, and you had to actually drive from place to place to do different things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. And I just think Crash Team Racing, like... For its time stood out massively against other like, uh, cart games and just was a ton of fun. And I just like, I loved everything about it.
1: Yeah. And I think too, Crash Team Racing does a good job of making the game like pretty balanced. The, the remake of it's really good because they added a bunch of stuff into it. Um, the game definitely does suffer from the lack of catch up mechanics with items and diversity in items. But if you want to be really, really, really good at crashing racing and get to like that like top 5%, the game is so hard to be that good at. Game is punishing, but I, I love
0: mm-hmm. it. That, that's yeah, a good no, I choice. Totally agree. I just, agree
1: with your choice. That's good.
0: I, I just, my, again, my experience on PlayStation is fairly limited from the fact that when I played it, I was seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. So like there's a lot of games on PlayStation that I just never played. Yeah. But Crash Team Racing just stands out enough that I don't imagine that those other games would change it. Because, like, there are, like, I would put Crash Team Racing over a lot of, like, Xbox games. Even though the Xbox came out, like, what, six years later? Something like that. Right? So, like, that's just, like, where I say, like, it's kind of, like, in that same thing as, um, like, Super Mario World. Like, Super Mario World still stands up against games that are literally coming out this year.
1: Well, yeah, I think Super Mario World's better than almost every single game on my list. Like, yeah, the game's the game's crazy good.
0: I think it's really good. Yeah. And I think like I think it's interesting, like with this list, just because we tried to choose like exclusives in a lot of areas. So there's some games that I like would say are like some of the best games of all time that don't make it on this list.
1: Yeah. Like, spoiler alert, I don't have Hollow Knight on here.
0: I don't either. But that's because it's hard for me to put Hollow Knight in a category. Yeah. Because it's on Switch, Xbox, PC, and PlayStation. Yeah. I've played it on multiple platforms. How do I put that on a platform? Exactly. Right? So, anyway. Okay, following up to Nintendo 64. Um, I think you said that you had a crazy one for this one.
1: Yeah, so I'm going last. You're going first.
0: Okay, I will go first. So, the obvious answer for me, and this comes from like also like this game was on my... Top 10 games of all time list is Ocarina of Time. Yeah. This was like the first, like, immediately N64. All right. Ocarina of Time. Games might just be, it might just be the best Zelda game still to this day. I think there's a very distinct possibility that it is. I want a, <sighs> uh, like, HD full remaster on the Switch. Um,. I don't think I'm going to get it, but I want it. I'm going to keep hoping for it. But everything about this game just feels so good. And the story, like, exploring the world is so cool. It feels like, as the N64 being one of, like, the first... Or, like, at least in, like, very early into the actual true 3D gaming. This game was amazing for, like, how early into that development it was released. Like, it stands out massively, I think. And the game's just so good. Everything about it's super interesting, but I don't have it as my number one on this console. You don't? I don't. And I realize this is super weird, and I think this is actually a thing that my opinion has changed since we did our top ten list, because I don't think that game would be on my top ten list. I think it would be 11th. Because I actually think it is taken by the game that I have put in its spot on this list. Okay. Do you have any idea what it is?
1: On Nintendo
0: 64?
1: N64. I I honestly don't know. Like
0: it is a game that I am still trying to find a copy of because they are hard to find, and I want an original N64 copy of.
1: Okay, what is it?
0: Conquers Badford A.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> this game <laughs> This game it it's not the best game from a gameplay perspective. Like, it definitely fails to occur of Time in that metric. But this game is just something that exists only inside of itself. You cannot find something similar to the experience of Conquer's Bad Fur Conquer's Bad Fur Day anywhere. It is a one of its kind. You cannot find the same experience elsewhere. Like the like the like the Pooh Mountain with the fart song and all this shit. Like, it's just like the game did things that you aren't allowed to do. And games haven't done it since then. Even when this, this game got re-released, and when it got re-released, it got censored. Yeah. There is stuff in the re-release that is cut out from the original game because they couldn't put it in. This game just is completely unique. Nothing, like We will probably never get a game like this ever again. Mm. And it is always going to be that. And the game is hilarious. The game is a ton of fun. It is like its own experience. If you if you if you're someone who's into this kind of humor, like kind of like the crude, dark humor, and it's like very much a fever dream. Mm-hmm. And if you're into that, it's a great game, and you should play it. It's definitely not for everyone, but this game's just so damn good. It's so good You know what? <sighs> fair, fair, okay?
1: If you enjoy it, that's what matters. you know. Well, like my like my choice isn't *Ocarina of Time* either, or it's it's not Mario sixty four
0: or anything like that. Like *Ocarina if, of Time*, if it was Mario sixty four, I might shoot you. Fair. That game does not hold up. Mario sixty four is a game that would probably be one of the best game all time of all time if you re released it now that we can do controls in a three D game without them being garbage. True. But like. Playing because I I literally just played this game like a month and a bit ago on the like the uh, Nintendo All-Stars, like the 3D All-Stars. This game is so close to being good and then just sucks because its controls are awful. Yeah. So
1: my game is a nostalgia pick. Kind of like yours almost. Mine is the great, the mighty, the powerful Pokemon Stadium. Hell Yeah.
0: (laughs) I can totally accept Pokemon Stadium.
1: This game combined with actually hooking in your um, handhelds to unlock Pokemon and like import them. I think was one of the coolest things ever as a kid. The mini games were great. Pokemon Stadium 2 is also kind of included in here. Like just both Pokemon Stadium games. Because 2 had the Delibird mini game in it, which just like for some reason I still remember that even though I haven't played this game in like 16 years, maybe 15. I I think Pokemon Stadium was ahead of its time with how the Pokemon franchise could have gone. And I wish they would come back to this a bit more with their games. Like, I know you can still kind of do this now, but like they don't advertise it that well. Stadium, a big part of them advertising it was like import your stuff. I just remember having those base level 50 battles with people. And just like flinging Charizard at people, the mini games were really fun. I don't know. Pokemon Stadium was just the just defined fun for me for like a very long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I get it. Like, I really like Pokemon Stadium. I feel like in my eyes, it's a little bit held back by how garbage competitive Pokemon is, in my opinion. P- competitive Pokemon is.
1: It's like playing competitive Uno to me. It's like this is just supposed to be fun. Why are you trying so hard? It's just like not my thing. I just like I just like look at like the Pokemon, like Pile of Sand. Competitive Pokemon. And one of them's called Pile of Sand or like Klefki. Like this game's fucking ridiculous. And I can't take it serious enough as a property to like play it competitively, because for me, it's just it is just fun for me. And, like, I've been playing Pokemon since Red came out, and I've never played a Pokemon, like, video game competitively, because I don't play it for that. I play it to have fun.
0: Yeah, that's totally fair. I just, I have the issue of as soon as something has a competitive aspect, I want to be the best at it.
1: Oh, yes, I've noticed. And
0: I just, I do that with everything. It's just the truth. And, like, I don't like it all the time, but it's just a feature. And the thing is, is when you take Pokemon, like, actual competitive Pokemon, in in the context of what actually happens in competitive Pokemon, like, the actual fights in competitive Pokemon and designing a team, I actually like it. Like, when you use, like, there's a couple of, like, online websites and things like that where you can actually go and do Pokemon battles and you can just basically pick your team and preset your options. That's actually really good. And I don't know how much of my gripe here is going to translate to stadium just because I haven't played it in a really long time. But if you actually want to be competitive in, like, for example, uh, Sword or Shield, the concept of having to IV train and then breed, or sorry, EV train and then breed until you get the right IV roll is awful. Like, that is stupid. It's one of, like, the worst systems I've ever seen for, like, a game if you want to be competitive. Whereas, like, if that was something that could be fixed in a way, I, I'm fine with, like, there being a grind. Like, I get it. There's a grind. But it's just, like, it's not in a good way. Like, you know this. I'm not a, I'm not someone to shy away from a grind in a game. I'm not someone who's like, oh, this game's too grindy for me. I'm not going to play it. I'm someone who's like, wow, this game's pretty good. I hope it has a grind in it. Yeah. But that grind just isn't interesting because it's just like you have this thing where if you want to actually play competitively in one of these games. And again, I don't know if like your IVs and EVs and stuff transferred into stadium. But like that kind of like stuff has always just been hampered by that idea to me. Yeah. Like
1: when it comes to IV training and breeding and Pokemon games, I literally don't
0: know how it works and I don't fucking care. So it's, it's com- <laughs> the, the long and short of it is it's complete and utter garbage.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not down for inbreeding. Sorry, guys. I'm just if, if you're from Alabama and you're listening and you're in like, that's fine. I don't, just don't give a fuck. I grew up in Seattle. I'm just going to go take my Starbucks and I'm going to go play Pokemon Stadium.
0: <laughs> what a hipster. No, I mean, yeah, I do just like. I think that, like, for me, Pokemon, like, just has that kind of hard part on its competitive side because they've made some really interesting decisions. But Stadium is a really cool experience. Like, it's really sweet. I wish that, um, didn't they do, they did something like this on the Wii? I forget the name. Pokemon Coliseum. Pokemon Coliseum. So there's something like it on the Wii. I would love to see more.
1: I did not look up Pokemon Coliseum from researching this podcast i just knew that at the top of my head i really like the series of games
0: <laughs> no that's totally fair and like i actually i do just think it's really cool i would love to see if like the next generation of pokemon games had a like just like massive tournament organizer so basically like you could enter like a tournament like every three months or whatever and it would just put you into like a massive bracket of like 150 people or whatever And just like feed you through tournament matches Against other players I think that would be super sweet That could be fun
1: I would do it But I could see how you would think it would be fun <laughs> So This next one I think is going to be Quick and dirty Because fuck the Dreamcast <laughs> This console shit. shit
0: uh, Dreamcast is the last Sega console That came out And I think we all know why.
1: This thing single-handedly dug its own grave. I have one game to talk about on here for 30 seconds. I have
0: zero. Like, I literally couldn't find one to put here.
1: I just wanted to... I put this on here just to tell you this existed, to tell you.
0: Sonic. That's good.
1: Sonic Shuffle. It's Mario Party, but Sonic the Hedgehog and worse in every way. (laughs) It is one of the worst fucking games I've ever played. (laughs) It just it's slow. It's all random. Worse than Mario Party. It's just shit. The only reason I ever played a Dreamcast is because my neighbors had it. And like nine to ten year old Josh like liked being around the neighbor's mom, <laughs> and that's my experience with the Dreamcast.
0: <laughs> well, moving on, <laughs> I imagine this next one might be pretty quick too because uh, this one I just I want to have it in here for completion's sake, but I don't like there is nothing about this console that can change my answer. Uh, but Game Boy Color. Kay. Like my answer is still Pokemon. Like Game Boy Color, Bold. it didn't add anything for me. Which one? It's still Pokemon Red Green.
1: Hmm. I see how it is. But why red green? Do you know there was other Pokemon games in between, right?
0: I know. But like like, okay, the Game Boy Color isn't a new console. It still just ran everything the Game Boy did.
1: Um, The answer to this is Pokemon Crystal, by the way. Just just letting you know. Okay. That was the answer.
0: Sure. Yeah, anywho. Sure. The answer was when they decided to sell you the same game for the third time, not the first and second.
1: Hey, Crystal's great. Don't at me.
0: Is that all you have to say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just played Crystal on it. I literally didn't play another game on Game Boy Color ever.
0: Like, Game Boy Color just hard because, like, I, I, like, had a Game Boy Color growing up. And it's just, like, I just, like, it just plays all the game, all the Game Boy games. Yeah. It's like, like, I view the Game Boy Color, I view the Game Boy Color in the same way I view, like, the Xbox 360 Elite. Yeah. It's the same console as the 360. It's just, like, has a little bit more oomph to it. And I don't think I don't think there's any game that's like super notable that had to be played on the color that like takes it away from just like being a Pokemon game. Fair. And I just I don't think Crystal's that great.
1: I I I, I have a soft spot for Crystal, but That's fair. You know. I'm weak, so it's fine.
0: Alright, moving forward. PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2 is a console I didn't really play much. Because I was an Xbox kid. I know what your answer should and be. And you did. I
1: know what your answer should you be. You did.
0: So I feel like you should go first. Because uh-uh. you probably have better reasoning behind yours. No,
1: no. My reasoning shit. You're going first.
0: Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, I had... I actually, like... This one was a little bit hard for me. Because, like, I played... I had, like, a friend who owned a PlayStation 2. And we used to play... Like, I played at his place. So, like, I played a lot of, like, Star Wars Battlefront. And, like old Ratchet and Clank's and that kind of stuff. But looking back now, like my answer is just God of War.
1: God of like the first one,
0: the first God of War. Fair. I actually just, I, I love that game. I like, I, I just, I love that game. There's nothing else to be said on that front. And just like, if I was going to go back to play a PS2 game, it's just God of War. And like the added of what that game spawned, like the rest of the God of War series, I just love and God of War just I love Greek mythology. It's like super cool to have that all brought in and be very forefront in that set of games and that series is just incredible. So that's what it is. As just like as someone who didn't play a ton of it.
1: Yeah, that's her.
0: So What should my answer have been?
1: Harvest Moon? Come on, man.
0: I mean, which which Harvest Moon is even on the PS2?
1: Save the Homeland. Save the Homeland with like the.
0: Oh, no, I don't. I I wasn't a huge fan of Save the Homeland.
1: I, I have a soft spot for that game. It's not my pick, though. OK, well, what's your pick? OK, so my pick's wrong. I'm going to throw that out there. OK, there's a lot better PlayStation 2 games than this. This game pissed off a lot of people and has like a legacy of pissing people off. I picked Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. The game where you played as Raiden and not Snake. So this is my first Kojima game. And my like kind of first non Metal Gear Solid VR game. And I have a soft spot for this because I didn't know what I was getting in for. So when the game flipped over the ride and I didn't care because I didn't know better. And this game is so freaking weird and just like the point when the game tells you that maybe you've been playing too long and you should stop now and when it gets super meta and like breaks the fourth wall and talks about how you're in a simulation and you're just playing a game when I played this I was a little I was young because I'm pretty sure I played this game when it was new and it's freaked the shit out of me because the point of the game where you get like knocked out and you've only kept naked on an operating table I uh it was like two. The morning, and I was like whacked out on caffeine as a child. Yeah, I would have been eleven years old. This game like just legitimately like creeped me out, and the fact that if you kill too many birds, the game gives you a game over screen because you're just a sick bastard for shooting all the birds. It's just like this game just this game I think influenced like a lot of like my taste for the weird in like a cool way and like the vamp character in it. it was like just freaking like the most weird thing for an 11 year old to see. So this one's purely out of the fact that I think that it it changed my taste in games permanently. Because of how much I enjoyed playing it. But it, yeah, this game is just weird and it's not so anything to write home about.
0: I, I, I have two things on this. First off, I've literally never played a Metal Gear game.
1: Don't start now. They all suck now.
0: The, like I, I just I literally haven't ever played one. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I'm actually gonna pull up my uh, my GameCube runner-up because it fits into this conversation. Ooh. Um, my GameCube runner-up is Eternal Darkness. Do you know anything about this game?
1: A tiny bit, but I've never actually played it.
0: Okay, Eternal Darkness is a horror game on the GameCube. I know sounds super weird. Um, but this game. So this game you aren't going to get the same experience playing today. It's just true. You aren't going to get the same experience playing today. And a big reason for that is the fact that technology has changed. So Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem is the full name. And it's a game and it's a horror game. And so you go around and the entire game is about breaking the fourth wall for a large part. There is a part where it turns off your TV So, you know, if you go back to, like, old, like, tube TVs, Mm. you know how they always did that, like, like, the gray, like, snap out and then draw the line across? It literally has that, like, video effect coded into the game.
1: That's incredible.
0: And turns off your TV. And, like, there are parts of the game where it will, and, like, so you have, like, a sanity, right? And so as your sanity goes down, these happen more. And, like, it, like, you know, like... Again, old tube TVs. You know how they used to have like that volume slider where it used to have like yeah. the like the dots, and then they would become boxes yeah, sure. as you turn it up and down. There are parts in this game where this volume slider appears where it would normally appear on your TV, and the and the dots go dip, 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 dip and it goes, and the volume goes away as it turns the volume down on the screen. That's funny. And like, there's a part where the game blue screens. That's so great. Like, the game blue screens as part of the game. And there's even, like, a part where, like, it resets the game and opens back up the main menu.
1: That's incredible. You're still
0: in the game, and it's still progressing, but it resets the game, opens up the main menu, and your save doesn't show up. Oh, I love it. Like, this game, just, it blows my mind. And it's something that, like, it has a, like, kind of a cult following. And, uh, last year was pretty crazy because, um... They actually, Nintendo, I think it was Nintendo, Nintendo or someone renewed the, like, basically they renewed the, uh. The copyright? Copyright on it. So there's, like, this huge speculation that we're getting a new one. That would be sweet. Sometime. But, like, I don't think you can do it today. Because, like, today, like, all your TVs are, like, super unique. Like, the way that your TV turns down volume or turns off is going to look totally different from someone else's. So, it's just this unique experience, kind of in, like, the same era of Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, where I don't know if we'll ever get it again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. That game sounds awesome.
0: I'll have to show you some stuff out of this game. This game is just, like, oh, so cool. That's awesome. Okay. uh, Jumping back to where we are now. Uh, Next, uh, Game Boy Advance. Hit me. What do you have for me, Josh?
1: It's not Pokemon.
0: Okay, mine's not Pokemon either.
1: I have the Dragon Ball Z Legacy of Goku game series.
0: Wow, you decided to go really bad on this one.
1: These games were just legitimately like a ton of fun for me. Now, caveat. I never played these on Game Boy Advance. I played them on an emulator on my computer. So, I sped up all the cutscenes and grinded these games like crazy on, like, you know, six times speed and just like punched things to death in a really easy area to like quick grind. So, to be fair, I've never actually played these on Game Boy Advance, but the experience of playing them on emulator at like hyper speed was just great. I know they didn't like review amazingly well or anything. But I didn't ever look up a review on them, so I didn't know any better. And guess what? My personal review is these games were great. I love them. I beat Legacy Goku 1, 2 and Booze Fury on Game Boy Advance several times, and I just love these games. They're just fun Dragon Ball Z adventure games, which I wish they would do more adventure style games and less like 2D fighting games with them. Like there's even like some uh, the Budokai series on PlayStation 2 and 3 were like great games, but lacked the exploration aspect the legacy of Goku had. And I don't know. They're very fun games. I'm not telling you to go out and try these people. I'm just saying. Josh personally enjoyed them. What about you? Game Boy Advance. Are you better than me?
0: I think I think Game Boy Advance is the peak of mobile gaming. Of like handheld gaming.
1: It was really good. It had a bunch of good games on it.
0: I I actually, like, as someone who... I have owned a... Like, I owned a Game Boy, owned a Game Boy Advance, owned a Game Gear, owned a DS, owned a 3DS. I now own a Switch. Game Boy Advance was just, like, the best that handheld gaming has ever been. And I know, like, I haven't played PS Portable or PS Vita, but, like, I don't even, I don't even care. Game Boy Advance is just, like, where it's at. There are so many games... That I could put here, like there's the like Mario World remake that's on here because they have the uh... there's like the Advance like Game Boy Advance Mario's that have Mario Bros. I think it's Mario Bros. Three and Mario World. Yeah, and it's like Mario World's just on here, like that. That's that's absurd. Like there's the Minish Cap, which is like again just like an absolutely incredible game. There's Tactics Advance. That game shit. I, mean, I don't need to. I mean it's. it's pretty fucking good as far as like a mobile game goes against balls it, like as far as a handheld one games. of the
1: worst games i've ever played we've never talked about the tactics is sure. garbage sure the game soft locks you're just wrong nope. it's fine the game soft locks by the fourth level if you do the wrong thing it's hot
0: um there's just like <laughs> i think i think everything about it and like i think that in my opinion the best pokemon game is on this console i think pokemon emerald is the best pokemon game that we've had i've never played it um that's disappointing. Have you played, like, Ruby or Sapphire, at least?
1: I played Ruby about, like, I imagine, like, three quarters of the way through and just, like, never finished it.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine.
1: I know I'm disappointed.
0: Um, <laughs> there's also, like, there's even, like, uh, Metroid Fusion is pretty good. But you did just get yourself one console wrong. Okay. Because the best game on Game Boy Advance is Harvest Moon, Friends of Mineral Town. I've never played it. It is, I, okay, as someone who, as you know, has a really big problem with these kind of, like, simulation games, Mm -hmm. things like Minecraft, Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley, like, all that kind of stuff, I get sucked into them and play them way too much. I, I like, I started a new Stardew Valley save, and I'm, like, 180 hours in or whatever. Harvest Moon Friends of Mineral Town is the first one I ever played. Okay. Okay. And I was, like, young enough that, like, this game, I just, like, figured out myself by playing it. Which is really cool. And, like, it's something that I have, I, I lost for a long time. Like, for a long time, I was really prone to just, like, searching things up and knowing everything going into a game and stuff like that. And in the last, like, probably year and a half, i fought back and stopped doing that. Which is why, like, something like Death Stranding, which I'm still planning on playing, I haven't played yet, but I also know nothing about. Yeah. Yeah. Right, And that's where, like, like the experience of just, like, playing this game and figuring everything out was so much fun. And, like, the game isn't perfect. Like, the basket inventory system is one of the most egregious things I've ever seen. Are you familiar with how this works? All
1: I heard was basket inventory and I was out.
0: <laughs> so, you have, in this game, you have three backpack slots to start. And you can go up to, like, 12 or whatever. And then you have a basket. And so you can, like, put things in, like, when you're harvesting your crops, you carry this basket around. You can't put the basket in your backpack. It's like an object that you can pick up and put down, but you can't actually put it away in your backpack. And you can put things in the basket, but once something's in the basket, it can never come out. It can only go into the shipping bin.
1: This sounds awful.
0: It's awful. And I still think this game is the best game on the Game Boy Advance. I don't know, just, it's it's a game, and I think that these kind of games, especially with, like, the simplicity of, like, Harvest Moons, where, like, the, like, N60, like, all the old Harvest Moons are very simple. Like, they're very task-based and, like, kind of repetitive. In a good and bad way, like, it means that the game does get stale, but it's also, like, it's good in a way. That type of gameplay tends very well to handheld gaming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And to mobile gaming. And, like, I just... I have probably... I'm probably, like, at 500 hours in this game. Fair. And it's just... It's really good. I just... I love it. And, like, there's so many other games that I think are, like, better games that I could definitely put on here. But just... This game just... I think this game shaped my, my taste in video games. And still is. And I just have to give it credit for that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean it's definitely right up your alley definitely lets you uh lose half your life you know and uh, it's good it's good it's
0: good yeah so okay so now that we now that we've gone through the game boy advance which we both kind of had an idea Mm -hmm. and i had my completely brain dead point in playstation 2 now i feel like i get the one where i'd have more knowledge about it in the original xbox
1: i mean there's just a correct answer and i think we have the same answer
0: Based on the way you said that, I think we have a different answer.
1: <laughs> well, I picked Fable.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Never mind, we're good. We're yeah, good.
1: We're good. Yeah, Fable. It's Fable. Like like the Halo games on this console were like fine, but like three is just like the better Halo game to me. And I think I, Fable is unmatched.
0: I, I don't think I would fault someone for putting Halo 2 here. Yeah. I I think that Fable is better. I think that Fable is a better RPG than most games today. Like, if I'm going to play an RPG, there's a good chance I'm still just playing Fable Anniversary over anything else.
1: Yeah, I just think, like we've discussed before, I think the morality system in Fable, the choices you make, the way combat works, the the story's, like, good. I just, Fable's a really solid game. And I've played it through, like, half a dozen times. I really love the original Fable.
0: Yeah, and I think... I think the big thing for me with the original Fable is, um, it feels like the game actually has consequences. Yeah, and it does because like there's a- like decisions actually affect you. Like if you c- like there is like a level of good that you can't achieve if you've committed a single bad action, and like you can put your slider all the way up after committing bad actions, but you can't go all the way there. And like if you um if you try to take the sword to the stone too early. Then you have to wait even longer to get it because there's like there's a threshold for the first time you try it, mm. and then after you've tried it and failed once, the threshold changes. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. And like you have stuff like um, you get like a decision, and like this game, I think, is still in RPGs. Like there are games that have decisions matter in other genres, but in RPGs, I feel like this game is the pinnacle of having things matter. Yeah. Where like if you leave Twinblade alive. Suddenly in the Lost Chapters portion of the game, he starts sending assassins to you. And then you use those assassins to collect uh, the idols, which are one of the collectibles in the game. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just so cool. And like, I'm just going to be 100% honest. I did a fair bit of research for this podcast. I literally just saw Xbox put down Fable and just was like, I know everything about this game.
1: Yeah, I stopped at Xbox instantly. I think it was actually one of the first things I wrote down here was Fable. I was just like, I'm just gonna
0: get I the think, easy ones out of the way. It was literally the first game. Yeah. Like it was literally the first answer I had because it stands so far above where I think I would put Fable over any Xbox 360 or Xbox One game. Ooh, and any PS3 game. I think I think there's only like two or three games that, and like obviously this follows my list of my favorite games of all time but like there are very few consoles where if fable had been an exclusive to them i wouldn't have called it the best game on that console fair yeah and i think that's like i think that's massive and i think like this game is just so good if you haven't played it like if you haven't played fable or you've only played fable two or three find a way to play it you can play a anniversary is actually just it's literally an hd remake nothing has changed about that game in anniversary yeah which is awesome and i think that i think that the like skill system is actually really interesting because you get bonuses for using something. So if you want to be an archer, using archery levels up your archery faster, which I know we've talked about in the context of Oblivion, right?
1: Yes. I love that mechanic.
0: And I think that there is like, I've probably played this game a hundred times. Like actually like, start to credits a hundred times and i think there's an optimal way to play it i think there is like a best skill tree i'm not going to tell you i don't want to ruin your experience of the game if you're like me and always want to use the best one but i don't play that skill tree every time yeah there's a skill tree where i actually just think you can basically like hundred to zero every boss in like one combo
1: interesting huh? i didn't even know that
0: like the game is good enough that there is, like, a downside to that in that you don't get some of the other skills in the game. And it's just, like, everything about this game is so good. And how, like, your relationships affect everything. And I even think that, like, Jack is a really good villain. No, I, I like, like Jack. If you talk about if you talk about, like, writing of villains, and, like, this is something where I think Fable 1 and 2 did a really good job where their villains were really good. And I think 3 flopped for a large part because it villain wasn't that good. Yeah. And I think that's something that people overlook in games where like having a boring villain just makes a game flop. And I just, I don't think that you can have any, anything like that in Fable. Like I think just Jack is so good.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think I really have any more to say to that you're definitely the expert on this game, but I, the game is just incredible. And the fact that like, I remember so much about this game and being so far removed from it shows how much it stuck with me. Fable's amazing.
0: Yeah, I actually, I do have one other Xbox game I want to touch Mm. on. And this game is not good. Oh, geez. That is going to be the first statement I'm going to make about this game. But as a kid who, when I was growing up, we had an NES, a PS1, and an Xbox in my house. And then an Xbox 360. We didn't get a Wii until I, like, bought my own when I was, like, 13. Or whatever. The original Xbox has this game on it called Fusion Frenzy.
1: I have never heard of this.
0: It is basically a shitty Mario Party. <laughs> it's like the same kind of concept as Mario Party, where you, like, go through a whole bunch of mini games, and winning the minigames give you an advantage, and your goal is to, like, get the highest score. And the game, I would not put this game as better than literally any Mario Party, but for what this game was as a kid who didn't have access to Mario Party when I was really young, this game was great, and I loved it. That's it. That's all there is to it. Game's not that good. It's just an inferior Mario Party, but it was a really good inferior Mario Party. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, GameCube. I think I'm going to go off on this one a little bit, so I'm going to get you to go first, because I have a lot to say on mine.
1: Okay, GameCube. My answer is lame. Like, really lame. I picked Smash Brothers Melee... That's because totally like fair. I, I don't even
0: think that's a lame answer.
1: Honestly, like I don't have a lot of experience with GameCube. Like I played this. And I think there's like a Raymond game I played or something, and like Spy Hunter. Um, I actually really don't like um, one of the Zelda games on here. What is what? Which one is that? It's Twilight Princess, right?
0: Um, I believe there's two.
1: Yeah, the other one. The other one's Wind Waker. Which
0: I yeah. have Wind Waker. If you wanna, if you wanna fight me on Wind Waker, uh, Wind Waker's really good. Fuck I me. haven't
1: played Wind Waker, so fuck you back.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: I I didn't like Twilight Princess. We actually like I I bought it and then returned it like two days later. To be honest,
0: I'm I'm honestly not a big fan of Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. I I just I don't like because like you know how like the Zelda timeline works. Yeah. I don't like the Twilight Princess timeline in Zelda that much. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just... I'm not the biggest fan of Twilight Princess or Skyward Yeah. Yet. So, I put... I'm much more in the, like, Wind Waker, Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild. I like that half of it way more.
1: Yeah. it's like, I picked Smash Bros. just because, like, it is the game I played the most on this console. And really, really liked it. And have good memories just beating the cred out of each other. But this is definitely a console that I really just whiffed like i have not played this console very much
0: i think like so do you actually on just on smash bros do you know what's going on with melee right now
1: yeah aren't they removing it from competitive play
0: so melee has had like a big competitive scene for a really long time Mm. due to covid they can't have in-person tournaments obviously So, there's, like, a big history of Nintendo not wanting to support Melee, like, at all. Yeah. Like, they they tried to, like, they had a big issue with people streaming Melee in in-person events when they started. Really? Like, they wanted to prevent people from being able to stream Melee when it was all on original hardware and owned. In, like, in-person tournaments, they had an issue with this when they first started. Obviously, that kind of... People got over that hurdle. But so, with Melee being being unable to have in-person tournaments due to COVID, and with Ultimate being plagued by the somewhat disaster that is Nintendo's online system, there was a... I forget his name. I, I just I don't know the name. I would love to know it, but I'm not going to try and find it right now. Who developed a mod for Melee to play it online. So basically you could use a ROM of Melee, which for people who don't know, like a ROM is a, like the files that you would have on like your GameCube disc. And so basically it allows you to play them on PC through an emulator. The the, the laws around ROMing are weird because technically ROMing isn't illegal if you have a copy of the game. But it is illegal to distribute ROMs. So, like, a website who's just allowing you to download a ROM for free, that's illegal. But if I have a copy of Melee, I am legally allowed to be in possession of a ROM of it? Yeah. Does that make sense? It's a little bit weird. But so, basically, a ROM plus this mod allows you to play Smash online with people, Melee, online with people, on a PC, through an emulator. And apparently, this mod runs absolutely incredibly Like, apparently it's, like, seamless. It literally feels as good or better to sitting in the same room as people playing. Nintendo, like, issued cease and desists to tournament organizers using this to try and run tournaments this year. Jeez. Which, the thing is, is, like, it makes sense in some aspect, but the issue is they aren't, like, there isn't an alternative. It's not like people were using this instead of a Nintendo melee offering. It's a game they haven't sold for however many years and that they aren't making money off of anymore. That still brings them a ton of traffic because people, a lot of people probably bought ultimate because of melee. Like that's actually just a thing that happens. And so they're just like, it feels really bad for a lot of people who have, Played Melee for a really long time. Like, there are people who are professional Melee players who go to all these tournaments and people who stream Melee and all this stuff. They're just like, kind of got their rug pulled out from under them because Nintendo doesn't want to support it, which is just like really rough, especially when like there is someone out there who like put in all of his own time to get this up and running. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's rough. It would be nice if Nintendo supported them in some way, shape, or form, or even just like took them aside and like, hey, if you want to keep this up, you need to like technically work for us and make this work. That would have been a lot better than just pulling it.
0: Yeah. Even if, even if they want to pull this guy in and be like, we, we want to let you keep doing this, but we're going to need to make X dollars off of it. That's fine. Like, and all these tournament organizers, like if Nintendo said you had to like pay them for this like program, I'm sure people would be fine with it. Like there's so many options to do it other than just, nope, you can't do it. Yeah. Which is just kind of the issue with that. Um, but anyway, getting off of the uh, the Melee topic. For GameCube, I have never owned a GameCube, personally. Interesting. Um, when I was growing up, I had a close friend who owned a GameCube. So I played a lot of GameCube around his place. And then obviously when I bought my Wii, I also acquired a GameCube controller with some GameCube games as well to play. Um, and... I've played, like, the majority of big games on GameCube, but there is one game on this console that is just absolutely incredible, and you, you know what it is. You know what's coming. Pikmin. Pikmin.
1: So, as a Pikmin noob, I'm going to need you to uh, mansplain some Pikmin to me.
0: Yeah, Pikmin is, it's a, I'm going to call it an RTS game. But it's a little bit weird. So the premise of the game is there's these little creatures called Pikmin. And you can run around and uh, basically they grow out of the ground. So if you take these Pikmin, you can pick them up. You can throw them at things. They can like fight for you. Or you can throw them at objects on the ground to pick them up. And they'll take it back to like their home. And when you take back certain objects, like uh, dead enemies or stuff like that, they will spawn more Pikmin. So you have this interesting dynamic of you need a certain number of Pikmin and there's like some times where you will have to lose Pikmin to like take on a strong enemy or something like that. And then you also have this mechanic where you can bring back things to your base to generate more Pikmin. And so the entire game is based around this concept. And the gameplay itself is actually like super good in my opinion. I love it. Like I think the game is a ton of fun. Uh, Just in the context of what it actually is. And the two newer games actually did some really cool things with it. Um, But Pikmin 1, just like, there's different types of Pikmin. So each one does something a little bit different. And so you have to kind of manage how many of each you have. And you have like a global Pikmin limit. So you can have up to 100 Pikmin out total at a time. And you have to choose how many of each type you want out at a time. So you can't have 100 of each. You can have like... 30 20 20 20 or whatever right like you have to break it down between them and each pikmin does different things there's pikmin that will be thrown a little bit higher there's pikmin that are immune to water there's pikmin that can swim or pikmin that can swim pikmin that are immune to fire and so like different pikmin have to do different things so you have some bosses that you have to fight with basically all fire pikmin because they have a ton of fire on the ground so you can't bring like um you can't bring water pikmin because then they will just get burnt and So that's like, that's like really good. It's really cool, actually. And kind of like a, I I say it's like an RTS. It's kind it is like really like an RTS because you're like managing a whole bunch of little units, but you're doing it from like a character. It's not like a top-down RTS. Like you actually have to physically run around and throw things at things. So there's this inherent gameplay loop of throw Pikmin at things, Pikmin bring things back or Pikmin fight for you. You have to like manage your populations and make sure you don't lose too much. Which, in and of itself, makes a good game. And, like, that's why, like, all three of the Pikmins I really like. Like, I like all three of them, and they're really good. The reason that Pikmin 1 stands out is Pikmin 1, like, the story premise of the game, is you land... So, I'm half-guessing here, because we don't technically have confirmation, to my knowledge. But you're... The main character is like, an alien from a different planet, and you've crash-landed on Earth... And so what happens is when you crash land, when you're like going through the atmosphere, your ship breaks into pieces and breaks into 30 parts. So 30 parts get scattered among, I think there's five levels in the base game, in the first game. And so you have 30 days where you basically you can live on this planet because the atmosphere doesn't isn't conducive to you. So you have this hard timer on the game. There's no, like, easy mode, no hard mode, no nothing. There's just this hard 30-day timer where you have to collect all of your pieces by then. And it just is super cool because a lot of the times, the first day, you'll collect one piece because you're kind of going through the tutorial and you gain one piece in the tutorial. And the second day, you might get none because you're still learning how to do it. And then as soon as you don't get a piece on the day, suddenly you feel like you're behind and you have to, like, rush to catch up. And, like, maybe you go into one of the further levels, and if you fuck up and, like, annihilate your Pikmin population, suddenly you have to be like, do I have to go back to a different level and, like, waste a day? Like, if my Pikmin population just doesn't exist, do I have to go back to a previous level where I don't have a part to grab and, like, lose a day of time to rebuild my population? Or do I keep trying to push forward with a lower population of Pikmin? And it's just like that dynamic is super cool and makes this game just like stand out way above in my opinion, just because it's, it's very, again, very unique. It's this, there is a hard timer. There isn't like an easy mode. Isn't like a hard mode. Everyone's on the same playing field. And once you know the game and once like you have an idea where like different things spawn and where your parts are, it's not that bad. But the first experience where you're experiencing and finding everything and actually having to explore for the first time is really cool. And like it's not insignificant. Like some of the parts will take like 25 Pikmin to carry back. So while you're carrying back these parts, your like your army is basically shrinked by a quarter. Huh? There's a
1: lot more depth to that game than I thought there was, to be honest. And it sounds sweet.
0: Oh, there's a ton. The game is absolutely amazing. I would strongly suggest playing it. And I would also strongly suggest playing it not on the Wii. If you can. Not... (laughs) Because the Wii remaster uses the Wiimote pointing. Ew. And I don't like it.
1: I don't either. Wiimote pointing drives me nuts.
0: I don't know... I don't know if you can, like, plug a GameCube controller into the remaster. I assume you can. But I would suggest playing that game as originally done with a like, GameCube controller. Because I think it's just better.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I... And I might have to, uh, I might have to get away to do this because the game sounds really sweet.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I technically like, I have the Wii copy and a Wii. You would just need to find a GameCube controller if you can do it that way.
1: Yeah. I'm going to have to look into this because that's one that's definitely, you've talked about a lot that does sound really fun.
0: And like Pikmin, Pikmin 2 and 3 are both also great games, um, and I really like the multiplayer offerings because they actually gave you, like, two-player offerings in 2 and 3, which are really cool, and I really like them. But the issue is is 2 and 3 strayed away from this 30-day time limit, uh. which just, like, makes the first one such a cool experience because uh, in 2, your goal is to collect everything, So your goal is actually just to collect literally everything on the planet. So it feels like more of, like, a completionist game than, like, this, like, experience where you're, like, trying to actually survive. And then three, instead of having, like, a day counter, you have, like, a juice counter. So you can basically get days added if you collect fruit. Okay. And so three just winds up feeling like you have infinite time.
1: Yeah, which then kind of defeats the whole point.
0: Yeah, and, like, I still... I've played I've played two and three both probably like eight to ten to twelve times. Like I think they're all really good. It's just they are very different from the first ones, and I don't think they compete with it because of it. Yeah. Hmm. That's definitely
1: one I'm gonna have to check this out.
0: Yeah. And I think I think we're gonna actually uh it's it's been a decent chunk. I think we should uh we're gonna end the episode for the week here. Okay. And then we'll uh we, we've got what? Ten consoles left? Yeah. 10 consoles left so we'll be back with those 10 next week cuz i imagine these 10 might be a little bit longer as far as it goes i know or you maybe that's just
1: i know me. you have two particularly the playstation portable systems that are a bit of a dead zone for you but well, oh do i have do i have some opinions
0: uh yeah but i imagine i imagine on especially like ps3 and ps4 will probably be big topics xbox 360 i imagine could be a big topic
1: yeah, this will be good. Yeah, so, I, I
0: feel I feel like this one's going to take enough.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm you know, that'll be good. You know, that way you're not sitting there for, uh, you know, close to three hours listening to this. We'll give you an hour and a half this week, an hour and a half next week. You'll be fine.
0: Yeah, for sure. So anyway, have a good week. Oh, obviously,
1: you're going to be wrong about some stuff next week, and I forgive you.
0: I don't. Know, I don't think there's. I don't think there's actually anything on my list that you're gonna have a massive issue with.
1: No, you're gonna have an issue with my stuff, and I'm gonna tell you how I'm right. Oh. Okay. But yeah. So yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think it's about it. Yeah. Y'all have a
0: have a good week.
1: Yeah, have a good week. Stay safe. Go shop on and Amazon. Hopefully,
0: you uh get your uh <laughs> Christmas shopping done, especially with shipping times that are probably going to be egregious right now.
1: Yeah, I'm already done Christmas shopping. Uh, Casual flex.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm just tanked on a couple gifts. I'm mostly done. That's fine. (laughs) Okay.